Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hey, this is Carolyn Ahrens, and you have great taste. You're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. Hi, today's topic is becoming intentional. Listeners, we have to take on an attitude of being intentional when it comes to knowing God at a deeper level, serving others with everything we have, and becoming our best version of ourselves. As a child, the only sport I was ever good at was archery. I fixed my gaze on that target, aimed with great intent, and for the most part, shot my arrow on the center of that big red circle. With a plan and a purpose, with an attitude of being intentional, we can have an everyday relationship with God that's exactly like that game of archery. Where you think about what you're doing, you aim at that target, and you make it happen. You spend time with Him. Well, let's talk more about this topic. Joining me in the studio today is worship artist, songwriter, and author Carolyn Ahrens. Carolyn has released 12 albums and earned two Dove Awards, has authored three books, and is a columnist. Bringing encouraging creativity to our lives through her gifts of music and writing, Carolyn approaches life's subjects through a beautiful lens, capturing a unique angle for everything she creates. As a former worship director, I utilize many of Carolyn's songs within our worship services, so I feel completely overwhelmed and blessed today to have her on the show. Welcome, Carolyn Ahrens. Thank you, Kathy. What an encouraging introduction. It's it's great to be with you. Good. So, Carolyn, your latest project, Just Getting Started, was an acoustic reflection on the past 20 years of your fabulous music that I love, and the fact that you offer it as a free download for people encourages the listener to donate to your project. You encourage them if you if they want to, but they don't have to. And that was such a neat thing, a generous offer. Um, looking back, did you have one or two of those songs that were your favorites? I know that you're kind of refreshed them on this CD. Anything that you really loved? Hmm. Well, you know, it's funny how different songs over a 20-year career, different songs kind of bubble up in the present day at different times to kind of re-meet me on my journey. That's mm. kind of part of the the mystery and the gift of a song. You know, you're, you're part of creating it, but it's not all you either. And so, so sometimes songs have things to say to you um, later down the road, even different things than they said originally. But um, when I look over the 20 years, there, there's a song that jumps to mind. It was on my very first CD, and it was called Reaching. Mm. And it had actually, I had actually started working on it in high school when I read a, a line from a Robert Browning poem that said, a man's reach should exceed his grasp, or what's a heaven for? And I knew that meant something. It took me several years to kind of work it out into a song, but it so speaks to my own journey with God because it it um, it assures me that some of the longing that I feel in in my journey with God and some of the sense of incompleteness isn't actually a threat to faith. It's actually sort of a a confirmation and an invitation, a reminder that there's more to come. So yeah, that that song out of all of them is is one I think I uh, has has helped me the most in my own journey. And it's one of my favorites with the violin. You're reaching for the future. You're reaching to the past. Um, 
And you were what, four years old in the cookie jar? Am I getting it right? <laughs> love yeah, it, love it, good. love it. Yes, one, one of my favorites. So is there ever a time when you would say, you know, you went out for one of your events, your concerts, and people say, sing this, anything you think, oh my goodness, I've sung it so many times that you get sick of it, or you don't feel that way about any of them? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. The, um, there's a song called Seize the Day that was also on that very first album. And, and that's the song I've found over the years that if I don't, if I don't sing that one, you know, there, there might be an uprising. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, people want to make sure that I sing that one. And so you might expect that I would get sick of singing that one. And I would, I would say maybe my duo partner, Spencer, that does most of my shows with me, there might be the odd night that he's a little tired of playing that song. <laughs> Um, but the the truth is that um, every audience actually makes the experience of singing a song different. So it really is, you know, that old cliche about you don't step into the same river twice um, is actually true. And that particular song, the stories that people have shared over the years about the way that it has spoken into their lives, you know, it's been the song that that confirmed their call to the mission field or their career change or something bold that they did in their lives um uh it makes it really honestly uh such a privilege to get to sing it every time so so i think the short answer is no there's no song i get tired oh i love it okay so here we go i know a girl who was schooled in manhattan she reads dusty books and learns phrases in latin so now that you've already brought it up i'm telling you my brief quick thing to encourage your spirit how god uses songs to just really move us so with your song, you have these verses, and it sets up the girl, and then it, the next one's the doctor, and the last one is the drunk. And so what I did with that as a worship director, a creative arts director, is we used it as a live music video. So I took the drama team to portray those people, and they would freeze frame when it wasn't their verse. And then they all you know, did motions together of seizing the day. They grasped up like they were seizing it. And it just moved people. It always moved congregations. I think I did it in a couple different churches. And it was just such a lovely song. And I have to thank you because applying for one of my worship director jobs, I used that, you know, showing that um, song as, as here's an example of what I can do. And they said, oh, we love it. You're hired. So thank you, Carolyn, for the job. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> it is. That. That's, that's so great. That's really cool. Well, listeners, yeah. you can find out more about this project at 20, the number 20 dot Carolyn Aarons, A-R-E-N-D-S dot com. Carolyn, growing up, did you dream about having a career in music? And was the journey of getting your start an easy one or one that was complex? Oh, that's a great question. I, I, growing up, I, I did, in a sense, dream of having a career in music in the sense that, you know, I would sing into my, into my hairbrush, kind of a classic thing, yes. and um, dream. I, I had a very, a very odd and specific dream of Amy Grant coming to my high school and Ooh, saying, hey, you're Carolyn. Um, but having said that, I never seriously, I don't think, entertained um, the idea that I could be a recording artist, that that could be my job someday, uh, because that seemed like something that would happen to extraordinary people. And I certainly knew that I wasn't extraordinary. Um, but I, from a quite a young age, um, I was really, really shy growing up, and I found songwriting, I think I wrote my first song when I was about 10, and I found songwriting as this way of having a voice. It was a form of prayer for me and a, and a way to... Uh, kind of journal and communicate. And um, so the songwriting was something that 
Um, I just did sort of because I couldn't help myself. And then there were these amazing people in my life that encouraged that and nurtured that in my church. My pastor, from about the age of 12 on, he used to occasionally call me and say, okay, I'm, this is what I'm preaching on on Sunday. Write a song uh, to go along with it. Yeah. And so this little congregation, this church I attended, just sort of uh, kind of loved this part of myself into being. It helped me train and apprentice. Um, and then uh, sort of the the professional side of the story is that um, just before my senior year of, of university, uh, I met a publisher who took a really keen interest in, in my writing. And um, when I graduated from university, she offered me a, a publishing deal to write songs for other artists. And it kind of kind of grew over a period of years from, from there. How neat. I love it. And what a great journey it's been because, you know, obviously it's it's been going on strong. So you're a columnist, and, and I like this about you, Carolyn, because like I said at the beginning, you have an incredible ability and talent as a songwriter. I mean, you just look at words differently. And even, you know, as I interview you, it's exciting to me because it's not just the typical pat answer that I get. It's, you know, you're deep in thought and, and that's so fun about you. But you write for Christianity Today and Faith Today and CT Women. How does writing for columns versus the songwriting experience differ? How do they compare? Hmm. Well, there's definitely overlap and then there's definitely things that are different. And I, I first learned this. So when I was a kid, actually, as much as I loved songwriting, probably my earliest career aspiration was an author. I loved books uh, so much. So there's always, I think, I think whether it's in songs or columns or books, um, it all kind of comes from the same impulse, a, a, a love of language and a, and a desire to try to, try to somehow capture truth in, in language. So it definitely comes from the same place. However... Um, as a songwriter, it's been so much about learning how to focus and distill and boil things, you know, boil one song's thoughts down into something pure and, um, and focused. So, for example, when I first had my song publishing deal, I would send in a song to my publisher and she would call me and she would say, Carolyn, this is great, but it's seven songs. It's not, you know, there's seven big ideas sure. in here. Um, you got to strip it down, write me six other songs, but make this song just about one thing. And then when I started writing prose, um, actually how that first happened was I got asked to write a book. I wrote a book called Living the Questions, which is now called Wrestling with Angels. And um, and I realized when I sat down to write the book, oh my goodness, this is going to be a three and a half minute book if I don't give myself permission to now expand back out and pursue right. more than one thought at once. And then the columns are sort of in between that. They still usually have got about 800 words to play with, so they they need more focus than a than a book. But um, or sorry, more focus than a song. Um, no, wait, I'm not saying that right. More focus than a book. See how hard words are. Yes, but you're you doing great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what I'm saying is. I can expand more than I can in a song, but less than I can in a book. Right, and right. so it's so, somewhere somewhere in the middle there. Um, so it is a different part of the brain a little bit, but it comes from the same place. 
And that might be the most confusing answer. I've no, absolutely. <laughs> totally. I get it because I did a lot of years of doing commercials. And so I'm used to right. singing the Carolyn Aaron song, You're in Good Hands. That's I love that song. And then that would be, you know, at church land. And then you'd go into the studio and they'd say, great, you got 30 seconds and you're singing this commercial and it has to be perfect and you have to understand everything. And so it was very succinct. So I understand yeah. it. You know, it's coming from a different angle, but yet the same because you're using your beautiful ability to write. So you have two children with your husband, Mark. Your son recently graduated. I saw a fabulous picture on Facebook of your beautiful daughter. And as a busy mom, um, how do you find balance between your career and parenting the kids and, you know, having time for your husband? Well, that is one of the questions, um, and I think probably anybody who has a vocation that they love and a and a family life that they love can relate to that question, and I'd be lying if I say I, I always get the balance right. It, it is a source of uh, tension and challenge and um, requires lots of, uh, you know, we sort of call them state of the union family meetings, you know, every few months or so, how are we doing here? Um, but, you know, uh, uh, I do believe that God sort of gives you the grace for what he calls you to, um, and, and he gives it to your family. So um, the things that I've been called to in ministry have been very much a family uh, effort and sacrifice. It really helps that my husband is a high school counselor and he has summers off. Okay. So we're able to do um, a lot of stuff together. So just this last week, we were together at a family camp. And my husband and I were doing the speaking, but the kids were there. We were there as a family. My son actually got baptized up there this past week, which was incredible. Oh, wonderful. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's teamwork, and it requires a lot of grace and forgiveness sometimes, and, um, and just being as intentional as we can possibly be about making good choices as we go. I like that answer. I mean, that was a great one. That was really it kind of got every corner and every nook and cranny. And I think <laughs> a person really does have to be intentional if you're going to do a good job at anything. You know, you have to. Well, listeners, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. And we have the beautiful and talented worship artist, Carolyn Ahrens, with us on today's show. Right now, we're going to listen to one of my all-time favorite Carolyn songs. It's from her first CD way back years ago, the first song I ever heard. So I'm going to make you listen to it because you're going to love it. It's called I Can Hear You, and we'll be right back with more from Carolyn. Leaky faucet dripping in the kitchen Rubber squealing, watch out in the alley Mr. Marley's probably
Listeners, we're back with Carolyn Ahrens. Carolyn, let's talk about your recent book, Theology in Aisle 7. What a fun title. How'd you come up with the title of this new book? Well, you know, it comes from my deep and abiding love for office supply stores. Um, I'm one of these sort of creative type people that really struggles with organization, and I have this dream that someday uh, I'm going to find the perfect organizational aid that is going to take all the chaos of my life and organize it for Mm. me. And at my local office supply store, you can find those organizational aids in aisle seven. Okay. So the the title is is kind of poking fun at myself a little bit in terms of um, my longing to kind of organize God and my walk with Him when I, I have to learn again and again that He is so much bigger and has so much more for me than I can put into my neat little slots, my neat little categories and boxes. He is. He's he's not in a little box, although at times I feel like you do, because I like organization. I'd love to have him, I would say, like on the big, hot red phone. Remember, maybe you're too young. Forget smart. But I used to love that <laughs> smart, and he always had the count of silence and the red phone. And uh-huh, sometimes I wish uh-huh. I could pick that up and call God and say, okay, I need help. Listeners, this ebook that she's talking about is a compilation of 25 of Carolyn's columns from Christianity Today. Let's talk a little bit about chapter seven. That was my favorite, letting go of God, trying to organize the God who transcends. So, you know, anything else that you want to add in to what you just answered? Yeah, well, it, it does relate very much to the title of the book. And, um, you know, uh, it talks about, again, sort of even even in my in my graduate degree, I recently finished up a degree, a master's in theological studies, and I was so drawn to systematic theology, you know, this idea of kind of getting getting God um, codified and tamed, and, and through that whole journey with Him, I learned to love our language for God more and more, and, and love um, theology and our thinking about God, and at the same time, uh, fell deeper and deeper in love with a God who reveals himself to us in lots of ways, but will always also transcend. And I'm slowly, slowly that that's moving from something that threatens me to something that um, invites me deeper in. So there's a little story I tell in that chapter. It's um, from the missionary E. Stanley Jones. And he talks about this guy who's a missionary, and he's lost somewhere in the jungle, and he can't find his way out. He's looking for a path. And he, uh, he finds a, a, a local guy, a local villager, and says, hey, friend, can you lead me to the path? And the villager says, yeah, follow me. And he's, he's got a machete, and he's just bushwhacking for, for you know, an hour. He's just cutting, cutting through the bush. And the missionary thinks, this guy doesn't know where the path is. So he, says, he calls up to him and says, hey, friend, are you sure you know where we are? Isn't there a path around here somewhere? And the, and the local guy turns around with a big grin, and he says, friend, I am the path. Mm. And that, that's what I've been learning about in, in my walk with Jesus, is that, uh, you know, our language about him, our ideas about him, they're really important, um, but they're not the path that he alone is the path. And uh, so that whole, whole book really is a collection of, of uh, essays and thoughts about how can we lean into the path, how can we dwell in Christ and have him be the one that, that carries us forward. Friends, it's an incredible book, and you need to pick it up. You can purchase it online at Carolyn Aarons, A-R-E-N-D-S dot com or Amazon. And there's more wonderful things for her that she offers and insights. And like I said, I really enjoy the way that she writes and speaks and 
creates everything. So you're going to love it as well. Carolyn, you recently took on the role. Tell us about this. I'm excited to hear about this as the director of education with a nonprofit organization called Renovar. Is that how you say it? Renovari. 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 Okay, tell us about this organization and how you're going to use your gifts to help it. Yeah, so Renovari was founded almost 30 years ago by Richard Foster. And some of your listeners might know Richard Foster from the book Celebration of Discipline. Uh, He wrote a lot of other classics, too. Um, And I discovered that book years ago, and it's just this invitation. It just goes through all the sort of classic spiritual disciplines of the Christian faith, prayer and uh, silence, solitude, confession, worship, service, all these sort of, you know, obvious but not obvious things, um, and basically invites people into, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about intentionality, just about intentionality in their life with God, you know, this, this recognition that God actually wants us to grow and be transformed more and more into the likeness of of Christ in our lives, and more and more into ourselves, into what He intended, what He thought of us, um, and that we actually, only God can change us, but we actually can cooperate. There's stuff that we can do to kind of um, uh, cooperate with Him in His desire to transform us. So um, Renovari is kind of all about that. Um, it was found by Richard Foster, another great writer named Dallas Willard, some other folks, and uh, and it's been uh, their their books and ideas have been a huge help to me uh, in my own life with God for years. And I didn't even really know they were an organization. I just knew how much these books had meant to me. And I often would use their stuff when I was teaching or speaking or writing. And um, last year, I came across this job posting that they needed a director of education. And I just felt, the only way I've known how to describe it is I felt like somebody hit a tuning fork and held it against my chest, and I just started buzzing and thinking, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Oh, that's neat. It's really neat. I get to do a bunch of stuff with them. One of the the main things is um, overseeing, uh, we have something called the Renovari Institute of Christian Spiritual Formation, the two-year program for people who want to be more intentional about their walk with God, and so I get to oversee that, and our book club, and a bunch of other things, so... It's something I'm absolutely loving. I kind of kind of pinch myself every day that um, I get to work in something uh, in, in a sphere that has meant so much for me, and I get to pass it on. It sounds incredible. So tell us where we can find out more information about Renovari. Thanks. Yeah, so Renovari is R-E-N-O-V-A-R-E. It's actually a Latin word that means renewal. So R-E-N-O-V-A-R-E. And if people go to renovari.org, uh, we put stuff every single day that's just kind of encouraging in this um, in this way of walking with God. So one of the things that I love, listeners, about Carolyn is, as I stated before, I've been following her music for years and years, and she has such an incredible insight and in-depth way of looking at the things of God, making them come to life, making them be personal for you, so that when you listen to her music, when you read her books, you just feel like she's your friend. You feel like she's sitting right there over a cup of coffee and she's sharing with you, this is you know, what God means. Let me help you and you help me. And so I love that about her. And you're going to want to check out her music. You're going to want to check out Renovari and the books. But Carolyn, share with the listeners today about how you personally, as somebody that, like we've talked about before, are so busy, how do you find time for God? What's the way that you make your path to Him on a daily journey? 
It's a great question, and that, that's a lot of this idea of, of intentionality. Uh, I used to have a pastor who would say, you know, life, the life of faith is like going up the down elevator. If, if you're not sort of actively stepping forward, you're probably going backwards just because of, of um, all the sort of cultural forces and things that kind of push against us pressing into life with God. So a couple things for me. Um, one is when I was still in high school, somebody gave me a book called Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Yes. And it was this, this, uh, this monk who was like the dishwasher at his monastery, but everyone would come to him um, and ask him to to advise them on life with God, because his the, the friendship that he shared with God was so obvious to everyone. And he basically just talked about um, kind of including God in whatever's going on in your day, literally practicing God's presence. And I read about this in high school, and I literally started trying to do it, uh, I'm, you know, the nerd that I was. I would literally be walking down the halls in high school and, and say, okay, God, I'm going to science now. Okay, I'm going to my locker now. <laughs> and, it, and, and as rudimentary as it was, it, it, it actually, I actually learned that you could include God mm-hmm. um, in your inner life all day long. So right, right. that's uh, when, when I am the healthiest spiritually, I think I'm really doing that. He's just, um, there's that kind of inner compass that's calibrated all day long. And then the other thing that hugely helps that for me is just carving out a little bit of time in the morning um, to, to, to be alone with him before I dive into the day, literally just kind of talking through the day um, before we begin, often using something like, there's, there's a book called Seeking God's Face that's just a, a collection of scripture and prayers to work through, um, through the year that really helps me. But just getting quiet with him, focusing on him through his word for a few minutes in the morning is unbelievable to me how different a day that I start with him unfolds than a day that I don't start with him. And, and I don't even, I, I mean, the, it can be the exact same day circumstantially, but my awareness of his grace and involvement in the day is so different when I start uh, the day with him. So those couple of things, carving out a bit of space in the morning and then practicing his presence all day long are probably the two, the two biggest ones for me. And, and then overall, and this is what I would want to say to anyone who's listening to, just, just being aware of the fact that the God of the universe, the God in whom we live and move and have our being, um, wants to be friends with us, mm-hmm. loves us, desires us so much. Letting that kind of saturate daily reality, um, it's huge. So it is huge. It. it is. And listeners, if you can glean um, some of the things that we've gotten from Carolyn today, one of the big things that I feel like God spoke to me through her conversation is just being intentional. I mean, she's got that and she's hitting it over and over for us. And I think it really is important if you're going to be moving forward, like she said, in your walk with Christ, if you're going to be growing and developing, becoming mature in your walk, you're going to have to be intentional about meeting with him, about spending time in prayer, about looking for him in our everyday life, because he does want to have a personal relationship with you through Jesus, his, his son. So listeners, to find out more about Carolyn and her music and books, log on to carolynarons.com. And Carolyn, I'm so excited that you were here with me today. Thank you for your time. I know you're busy. So uh, from me and all of our listeners, we're really grateful to you. Thank you, Kathy. It's been a real pleasure. Friends, that was Carolyn Ahrens, an incredible worship artist at that, as well as an author. So check out the books and the music that she has to offer and give it a listen. She's really got some great ideas. 
Well, as we think about this topic today, being intentional, we think about living our best life. And what that means is to really focus on what you're doing, have purpose, have intention. You know the old saying that when you don't make an effort to aim at something, well, you're going to miss, you're not going to get anything. So having purpose and objective and keeping your focus, as Paul says in Philippians, is so valuable. Here's what Paul says in Philippians. I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm often running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. Let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for making yourself available to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Thanks for caring deeply about everything that happens to us. Help keep us focused in Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.